I don't always move in the word of wisdom, but I have a simple one. I am not going to be one hour and a half. Just because, like Jesus knows people's thoughts, I'm just letting you know you will be home. I loved what the Lord is doing, has been doing, and even this morning I was up very, very early with the Lord, and I've been prepping a particular message, and I really love it, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do it, because it's about three hours, even if I, so I said, we're going to have to get it down, and, but the bottom line is, about halfway through really praying for that, other things that the Lord has been speaking to me all of a sudden just came together so fast, and I just started with my voice text, because I can't type, and all of a sudden it's there, and as we prayed this morning over here, a number of things were said, and then as the service was moving and things were happening, we were hitting different points and all that. So all that to say is what I planned on coming with is going to have to be at another time or some other place, or, but I am going to give you what will come off, hopefully, is just a very simple exhortation, but I believe quite profound, needed, and necessary. Amen? And it will be pretty quick. And I know for some, you set your clocks ahead. I never bother, so I'm at least an hour, and then we'll be okay. <laughs> Just teasing. But first, before I do anything, part of being here uh, and seeing people and seeing ladies yesterday who went to the baby shower and realizing that many of them were 12, 13, 14, 15 years old when they came to New York or they went to Brazil, and now they're all married and they're all having kids, and it just is awesome in my heart. And then to come in today and to see John on base, who was right down the street, and I used to go to his dad's church, and we've jammed together. He's been out on Worship Warfare Week with me. Then, of course, Wes and Tom. Wes has been in New York for years with us, and then Brazil, and the last time we were there, the two of them came together, and it was awesome. And, of course, I saw his sister yesterday. She brought her first team, I think, at 13 to New York for New Year's Eve outreach, and then at 14 brought friends to go to Brazil, and it's just... There's so much that goes on. So just the quick of that is, uh, in 1981, when I met the Lord, I did everything I knew to serve, and I was in ministry, and it was the very complete breath ending, as it were, the fumes of, of the charismatic renewal. But every time you spoke, people got saved, people got delivered, people got healed, and it was just awesome. But I felt like I had done as much as I could, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, and I wrote down 10 bullet points of things that I wanted to learn, that I needed to be taught, and that I really desired... And the long and the short of it is, instead of going to Hamilton, New Jersey, to a YWAM base that I had never even heard the name YWAM to the day the brochure came in the mail, and there were my 10 bullet points, and I thought, how did anybody get a hold of these and make a brochure so quick? And I realized, no, it's really the Lord. And they didn't have enough people in the class, it was only four of us, to go to Hamilton, and so I was pretty upset, but I talked to the leader, and we went back and forth, he said, let me call New Hampshire and Concord. And instead of heading south on that Saturday, we drove six hours, and I came to New Hampshire. And it just amazes me what a simple phone call can change the destiny, not just of my life, but our family and thousands and thousands of people since then. And so in spring of 1981, lived in Concord. Then we came back, and we lived in Manchester and Concord from 83 to 89. And the reason I say that is because the majority, and I'm still learning, of course. Disciples never stop learning. I hope you get that. That Jesus is still teaching, and so if he's teaching, you got to learn. You want to learn. But much of my foundation was right here in this state and just up the road a little bit. And foundations and values, and not just through YWAM, but then living and serving here, uh, mentored by some tremendous people that I just hungered after the truth and spent time with them. A lot of them were older men. They're all long gone now in heaven. But there's just something that was being prayed and said and shared during those years 
that I've just been so excited through now these last 40 years to see places like this birthed and brought up and other friends and other movements that have come through the years because many of the things that are happening today are things that we prayed and prophesied over 40 years ago. And it's just incredible to see it come to place. That's why I love the move of the Holy Spirit today, and I love your heart to want to just let him do what he wants to do. It's his house. It's his church, right? And it's hard to not because we're so used to wanting to do our thing, which sometimes can be really good, but much better when he does it, just like Jesus, just much better. And there's nobody who is more, you know, prepared and able than God. He is so, you know, just... Like, read the building of the temple if you want to see how to the nth degree he can be for, you know, every detail. Nobody more detailed than God. And yet he flows by his spirit. So some only like detail and control and project, and others just flow. Well, God's both. And it isn't interesting. His name is Holy Spirit, you know. And Father and Son. and So I say all that to say I was trembling for a bit over there, wondering, because I'm watching the time go. And I always say before, anytime I'm called and I've gone places and I've proved it through the years, Lord, all or nothing. Take it all. Give me nothing. It don't matter. I said it in the bathroom a number of times. And I love it when he does it because anything I'm going to say is so much better when he says and does and move through the entire body. And the days of, you know, one man wonders and one hit shows, it needs to end. There's only one who's worth, and he's the one. Let him do what he wants anytime, place, day or night. Right? And now you're thinking, okay, brother, that's seven minutes. Are we almost done? Yes. So I want to give you this. This just, I've been thinking on this for quite a bit, and all of you know the story of Jacob's ladder, right? It's an incredible ascending and descending of angels. But for us, it was with Jacob who had this dream, but it was such a reality dream that he thought it was really happening, and it was. It really was, and he named the place, of course. So my understanding and thinking through the years, and it's not like a new thing, but just recently at a conference that I was at, that a, a brother who is very, very prophetic, and they have an amazing church in West Virginia, and the bottom line was, he said, we have really... We're awesome at ascending. Their worship, their prayer, their intercession, their prophetic, all of, I mean, they are really, really good. But then God spoke to him and said, it's time for you to learn about descending. And he, he just, wow, I never thought of that. He said, we're so good and we're so up here in the heavenlies. And then, of course, you can guess, God's like, yeah, well, heaven's supposed to come to earth. So it's great what you do in the heavenlies, but it's got to come to earth. And so with that, that's been on me for a while, and when we put that together, so I'm just going to take a couple minutes, literally a couple, and just give you this. If you're able to write it down, do so. I'll give you the scriptures. But I want you to see that this is not just, this was not just a word, a prophetic word for a really cool church in West Virginia. I contend and submit to you, it's the word of the Lord for the body of Christ globally because it's his word and he is highlighting areas of his word so just a few things right just right off the bat the proof and the first proof that we really know is the fact that the father son and holy spirit for all eternity 
are together and it's great and it's awesome, but there came a point in the heart of God and in the mind of God at one point to say, I want to multiply that. I want kids. Come on. I want kids. I want little beings who are just like us. And I'm going to give them so many of the same attributes and abilities that I have because I want to share that love that we have here that's so awesome. And so he does. And, of course, the fall. So what does he do? They don't just hang out in heaven any longer. He's like, i got to buy them back. I've got to redeem them. I've got to reconcile them. And Jesus is like, I'll go. I'll show them who you are. Father, that's the greatest joy I have. The greatest pleasure I can give you is I'll go down and I will show them the love and the mercy and the kindness and the forgiveness and the grace and we'll all get back together again. And he did it. So he left the glories. He left the relationship. He did what he had never had to do before and that's not be present with the Father at all. No more physically and spiritually in tune, together, doing everything. No, he became like us. That's an amazing thing. So he had to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. He had to learn to pray. It even says he learned obedience through his sufferings. And I think the sufferings are far more than what he did on the cross. It was the sufferings that he came to his own, and his own knew him not. And even his disciples, who just kept jerking him around for three and a half years, Thank God in the end they got it. They really got it. But even then, he just, he proved it. So let me just give you that one. Then, of course, Jacob's ladder. The whole vision of seeing ascending and descending angels who do work in heaven, but they're here for us. Still to this day, ministering spirit, flames of fire, right? Do we know that? Have we heard that? Flames of fire. And we get one. We get one. Some believe even more. For sure, it says the angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him. Do you fear him today? Do you love him? Do you obey him? You got an angel. You do. He might even reveal himself to you. He might even show up. You might have things happen you didn't know. Sometimes that's the angel sent by the Spirit of God to work with you. Here's another one. Moses on the mountain. Remember the first time brought up to that mountain? Fiery bush, not consumed, and then it talks. That would have been pretty cool to just stick with and stay around and hang out for a while. He couldn't even keep his shoes on. And then he goes back down, and then he had to come back up again. We know of at least six times that he went back and forth, up and down. He's the only one we know that did two 40-day fasts in a row. Even Jesus didn't do that. And I don't encourage any of you to do it, by the way because I'd be doing your funeral, or Sean would be, okay? Unless it's really of the Lord, but chances are it's not. 40 is the max, all right? So when you fast, don't go past 40. But he did. But he didn't stay up on the mountain. Did you notice that? As cool as it was, and I'm sure after a few times of going up and down when he's frustrated with the people down below, I'm sure he wanted to stay. How many of us really love those glorious experiences, want to stay, Right? Well, we know of another situation. Let me just get this one, and I'm sure most of you know this. Isaiah got called up, and it was awesome. What he saw, saw the Lord like he had never seen him before. What does he do? He confesses, man, I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm a prophet, but my lips are a mess. And I'm a part of a whole big mess called Israel. But he saw the Lord. And the Lord had, and still does this today, I believe, and people might, and just hear me out, 
Nobody was talking to Isaiah specifically. Holy Spirit was not talking to Isaiah specifically. It was the Lord in his burdened state, just crying out, as he often does, who will go for me? Who's going to go? Here's his top prophet, the one Jesus spoke of the most. He heard it now because he had seen the Lord. Now his ears were opened, his mouth was cleansed, and of course we know the response, oh Lord, here am I. I've always wondered, why was it only him who said that? What about others? What about more angels? Why weren't they lined up saying, we want to go, because we see you too. But he did. He did not just hang out in the throne room, as cool as that was, right? Here's one of my favorites, and most of you guys know this one too. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah up on the mountain taking the three boys, right? Peter, James, and John. Just an awesome experience because here we have kind of the, the fulfillment because Moses, that's the law, right? Elijah, this awesome prophet, an amazing prophet. He was pretty good with a sword too. He chopped off 850 heads in one shot. That's, that's pretty good. I'm not encouraging anybody to do that, by the way. But he really did it. But what happens? They kind of fall asleep in the midst of it all. And then when they finally wake up, Peter, and I love his brashness, and I love his boldness, and, but he's like, man, this is so cool. I'm going to build a booth for you, you, and you, and we're just going to stay here. We're going we're to camp here forever. And he just wouldn't stop. And so the father, in his burdened state, finally had to break through the heavens and say, Peter, would you just be quiet? And listen to my son. And that had to be just a harsh rebuke and difficult, but he handled it. Peter was pretty good at that, right? He handled the rebukes. And the real deal is what happened as soon as they came off that mountain. Besides that the glory passed, Jesus' altered state was now back to fully God, fully man, but dressed like in our flesh. And they go back down the mountain. And what's the first thing? Demon-possessed boy and his dad hurt frustrated, grieving, because the disciples who had already cast out demons and healed the sick couldn't get this one out. To the point that Jesus is like, oy vey, how long have I been with you guys? Don't think he doesn't get a little ticked now and then. He does. It's righteous, but that had to hurt, right? That he couldn't go away for just a little bit of time on the mountain, see some friends that he hadn't seen in 30-some years, and then come down and to see his closest friends now couldn't take care of him. So what does he do? Bring the boy to me and delivers him and heals him. And oh, it's just wonderful. And the father, it's the only second time we see that somebody said, if, if, if you could do this, Lord, right? And he did. Just like the leprous man, if you could, if you're willing. Oh, yeah, I'm willing. I'm willing. Be healed, right? So again, let me just give you the last of this. We did really good. This is, I think... 11 minutes, that's, that's like signs and wonders. You prayed for it. <laughs> so worshiping prayer, intercession before the worthy one, receiving revelation, insights, and strategies, they're all great and they're desperately needed at this hour, but they are never just to be an end in themselves, but they're always to bring them and distribute them on the earth. 
Everything that you're getting in the private place in your own life is meant to be shared. It is meant to be multiplied. It is meant to be encouraged and exhorted to train and equip the body of Christ for them to then go do the same thing in the world, in the marketplace, in your neighborhoods, in your cities. So it's no longer, let's just ascend and enjoy the presence. No, get it, keep it, come down and distribute it to everybody else. Be like the boy with the loaves and the fishes. What's in your hand? God will multiply it. But first it says he broke and then blessed. Be willing to be broken of your stuff. Be broken of habits or patterns or fears or not being able to think you're worth anything and doing anything because it's a lie. It's an absolute lie. My life is proof of it. You can do it. And that's why this whole thing of the body is coming together. It's no longer going to be whoever just gets behind this pulpit. And I've been for saying this for years. The majority of us are not called to get behind this pulpit. We're just not. But every one of us has a personal, portable pulpit. And it's wherever your feet take you. It's your pulpit. Use it. Use it wherever you go. Open up your mouth. Share the praises of God. Share your testimony. Share his testimony. There's really two. Don't think it's got to be behind here and I've got to be all anointed and appointed and I've got to go to this and that. It doesn't. Just like the man of the Gadarenes. First one Jesus ever said, no, you can't go with me. I got something better for you. Go back into this city with your family and then I'm going to give you 10 more cities as this entire region. You tell them everything I did, everything I'm going to do, and you bring it to them because I'm going to do it there too. No seminary. No extra Bible class in school, and I'm not against any of that. But take what you get from God and give it away immediately. Even if you don't have it all perfectly done and figured out yet, you never will. If he gives you something, be willing to give it away and do it quickly. What's in your hand? Yeah, what's in your mouth? The word of God, which is a weapon. So, Father, I thank you that that's what you want when heaven comes to earth, all of heaven here on all the earth, all over the earth. Increase our passion, increase our vision, increase our heart so we even see beyond the borders of New Hampshire, beyond the borders of America, to see tribes, tongues, and nations bowing, worshiping, clothed in pure white because they've put on Christ, that we get that from you, Lord, that we would be burdened with that like you, that we would give birth to that in our intercession, no longer just us four and no more. It's all tribes, all tongues, all nations to be birthed through your body and to give and to send and to go to them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Raise them up even out of here. Let it not be said how great it is in when every seed is filled. For me, it's how many are empty because we sent them. Because we sent them into the harvest. And we became, oh Lord, for you, we're your sickle. <laughs> we're your sickle going into the harvest. So I want to thank you, bless you. And Lord, everything that was done and said today here, may you just 
seal it with Holy Spirit in such a powerful way and that we hunger and we thirst and we crave for more and more and we recognize this is a day not only of salvation but a fresh consecration for the body of Christ to come and to follow you like never before, laying everything else down, putting it all in the rearview mirror, getting a hold of the altar and never looking back, but only forward at the glorious presence of Jesus. And I thank you and I bless you in the name of Jesus. Can I do one more thing? I I shouldn't, but I'm going to should I wrote this just a few weeks ago I'm still trying to put it together and it's too long to sing even though those chords would work so you just play that and I'm going to read it I've got it's going to come a song it's a song of consecration and I basically just want to say it over all of you here and who's ever watching it's very simply titled four all time this came out of my own life as almost everything else does over this last year when a year ago now I didn't know if I'd ever get out of bed again but here it is it says and maybe this will be something you'll pray before the Lord and say but this is this was my heart of fresh consecration to the Lord just a few months ago I'm the apple of your eye I am your treasure My only desire, Lord, now is to bring you joy and pleasure. And the chorus is very simple. I am yours, and you are mine, and your love for me, it lasts for all time, for all time. My will is your will to fulfill all that you require, so fill me from heaven now with your holy, consuming fire. Because I am yours, and you're mine, and your love for me lasts for all time for all time to love as you love to see as you see to be serving only you through others with your heart of purity because I'm yours and you're mine and your love for me lasts for all time for all time so receive my whole life Lord for it's you only I long to see anything you want to do in and through me I consecrate it now to thee because I'm yours and you're mine and your love for me lasts for all time for all time so Lord may you do that new and afresh in us today no matter where we're at hurting, broken, in pain and sorrow doing great, doing awesome blessing of the Lord all over us Lord You're worthy and you're deserving of every knee that bows and every tongue that confesses. And the more we do that in our daily and even in our private, where only the Father sees, we'll be that much more able to do it publicly. And so strengthen and courage in your people and bring a heart of rejoicing. Because our God is with us and for us and always shall be. So I thank you, and I bless these guys, and bless this very ground. Consecrated, Lord, to thee. Because you alone are the one who's worthy. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Thank you, Lord, that you destined this day. You orchestrated this day. You brought David and Robin here, Wes and Tommy, everybody else, Lord. You brought us here for a purpose. And I pray you seal this whole time these words of wisdom. Lord, teach us how to descend. Teach us how to bring from heaven those things and, and see them executed on the earth. I pray that the words and the seeds that were planted would not be snatched by the enemy. I pray they'd be watered and they'd be cultivated and that they'd grow and bear grow into trees that provide shade and fruit. Lord, we make a commitment today to be doers of the word and not just hearers. We make a commitment to make to take those supernatural deposits from heaven and demonstrate them. Bring them from heaven to earth, Lord. Let them be part of our lives. Let there be a transformation, we pray. We pray you do something out of today in our hearts. Let it become fruit, evidence. Quicken, strengthen everybody, Father. I thank you for all the people you've brought here, Dan. I thank you for the visitors that you brought. Lord, that they'd be able to find a home and find a place, a, a vibrant community, a place to be strong and express who you've created them to be. Let it be, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, and I'm sorry, I wanted to say it first, and I knew what I didn't, but whoever wanted to give to us street life, I want you to double it and give it to, to Haiti, please. Even if you can't double it, just give whatever you're going to give to us to Haiti, please. Okay, we good with that? Please, take it. I love Haiti. I've been there twice, planted a church and a school. I love Haiti, but I want you to give whatever to us, to them. They are in much greater need. Oh, bless them, Lord God. 